Welcome to the Live Free Real Estate Podcast, hosted by licensed realtors and investors, Jonathan Dempsey and Mike Eichler, where we teach you how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing and other investing means by interviewing experts in the space and giving you real-life examples from regular everyday people on their journey to financial freedom. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast, where we help you reach financial freedom through means that you genuinely enjoy. Joining us today is Pat Mullen. Pat is a student and entrepreneur who has had success in several different avenues, uh, such as modeling, sports, uh, and perhaps most notably being on the Netflix series Too Hot to Handle. Uh, what's been really cool for me is meeting Pat before the show, um, getting to know him on a, a personal level, just in general social settings, uh, and just seeing his personality not change from before the show, after the show, whether we're out on the field playing soccer, uh, whether we're hanging out on the beach, uh, or seeing him on TV. So, Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, JD. Appreciate you, bro. How yeah. Everything's good on the, the live free side. Um, just chasing the dreams. How about you? How's how have things been lately? Uh, better than ever, bro. Just uh, enjoying life. Just kind of doing what I want to do every day. Yeah. Uh -huh. Still chasing those goals. But you know how it is, man. Just living in Hawaii. Loving life. It's it's a good place to be living, um, and it's a cool place to be be chasing the goals. It's it's just hard not to get caught up in too much. Yeah, yeah, I totally feel it. That's why I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we're going to be all over the place on the show, and I'm just going to ask you questions as they come to mind. Okay, um, right You're from Hawaii. Yeah, uh, born here, not raised, though. I was raised over in uh, Washington State for like 15 years of my life. Okay, and yeah. then you came out at 15. Yeah, no, like I, uh, I lived here till I was about five, and I lived on the west side in Waianae. And the um, reason why we moved away is my house kept getting robbed, so we got robbed like three times. And uh, the public school system's a lot better on the mainland, so... Family decided to move me out there, so I grew up on like a farm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I had like a bunch of animals and stuff, like three acres, and just kind of grew up that way, just uh, learning about the land and like animals and things like that. Totally away from the city. That's very different than here. Yeah, yeah, very different. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, what made you come back? Uh, so I was like, when I was living in Washington, I had the the option to either go to Washington State University or University of Hawaii. And I think because I was born here and I moved away at such a young age, I really wanted to, uh, you know, learn about the land, the Aina. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it was, it was just a part of my, uh, my story. I had to, because I'm like third generation in my family to live here on this island. And uh, so I moved back uh, when I was 20, 21, went to University of Hawaii. And that's ultimately what drove me to come back here. And I studied botany. And, yeah, it's been here ever since. So it's been like 10 years since all that. Have you ever thought about leaving? Um, yeah, actually. Funny thing you say that. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about leaving very soon. Probably as soon as summertime comes, I'm going to move back to Los Angeles. Yeah. What's inspiring the move? Uh, just chasing, chasing my career, you know, like uh, pushing it further. Because I feel like, yeah, you know, don't get me wrong, I love it here. It's amazing. Like, I love the people. I love, you know, the culture, the weather, like, the girls, everything. But um, I just feel like here for, like, modeling and acting, it's just, I, like, kind of hit this glass ceiling where I can see you can go further. But here it's like, you know, you kind of, you max out. 
and when you're over there in Los Angeles, like, or New York, it just feels like you're in a you're in a different uh, league, and everyone's like, everyone's famous, everyone's made it in one way or another, and it just kind of makes the competition harder, and it kind of just makes you stronger. So, you know, I love it here, but I feel like for the things I want to do, I would have to move away and get out of my comfort zone. So, yeah, that's the next thing. It makes a lot of sense. I've, I found that just like traveling around different cities, every city has something very different to offer. Yeah, and the culture is so different. So like if you want to be really good at a certain thing, there, there's probably a better city out there than the one that you're in, yeah. unless, unless you figured that out and you've already moved there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I found Hawaii to be very difficult to, to build anything out or really like I would almost compare it to being in like a rec sports league versus being D1. Like it just puts you on a new level to be in the right place. And yep. it shows you what the competition should be like because yeah. you can dominate the rec league all day. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you don't want to just be the rec league superstar. You want to be you understand. D1. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> just like push those goals. Um, yeah. So did you ever do anything with Botany? Uh, no, actually, uh, I think I just kind of got botany as like a, uh, a backup plan just in case nothing works because I'm just kind of doing this right now like while everything's like hot and then, um, you know, eventually like, you know, if I'm older and nothing works out, I'll probably just start teaching botany at like a high school or something. Um, this is a backup job. I kind of just did it because I'm the first person in my family to get a college degree, so I just... It's from my parents, basically, so I just like stuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it is a really cool thing that you have it to fall back on. Yes. Um, and I, I like that approach that you're taking, because be when you're younger, you can pursue the things that you're pursuing now. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you did the reverse and you did botany for 10, 15 years and then try to switch, it's going to be a lot harder to Absolutely. pivot. You understand, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just trying to hit it while it's hot right now. And uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, just stoked that I actually graduated. It was pretty hard. <laughs> when did you realize you wanted to get into modeling and acting? Um, you know, I didn't really. It just kind of, I think the acting just fell into my lap, uh, the modeling too. I was actually just walking down, I used to live in Waikiki for like a couple years with a girl I moved here with from Seattle. And uh, I was walking down the street to go play basketball at Pocky Park. And someone that I worked with at Cheesecake Factory drove by and said, you know, I look like a model. And I was like, Bro, you're barking up the wrong tree, like leave me alone, you know? <laughs> and uh, same thing that week, another photographer from LA, I was serving him, he asked to like take pictures of me. And so I got some pictures and then within the same week, another photographer flew in randomly and I took pictures at his place. And then uh, someone at Cheesecake Factory said they used to model back in the day. And I was like, okay, so I went to this place, it was called Wilhelmina, Hawaii at the time. Technically it's called ADR Agency, it's based in Kaneohe. So I like drove all the way over there. I waited for like two hours for this guy to talk to me and then I got offered a contract and it just kinda, just kinda started from there. I hit Honolulu Fashion Week and then I got booked for a big campaign uh, from this Australian brand. And I think that was like when I actually saw the money and it kinda like changed my perception on this thing. Like it wasn't just a, uh, you know, it's a real job, you know, like, so I do take it very seriously, and, uh, yeah, so, the acting thing, too, just, I, because I'm on another Netflix show, so I have two shows on Netflix currently, and, uh, my first acting role was, like, six years ago, and it was just, it was a principal role, so that one just kind of fell in my lap, I went into the audition, be like, dude, I'm not gonna book this anyway, so I don't even care, so I went in, like, straight off the beach, and I guess they liked me, and, 
they asked me to play a song on guitar, so I played like some stupid song on guitar, and then they asked if I wanted to be in it, and I said yeah. And so just kind of just like the past, because I've been in the industry for eight years now, it's like every, this feels like every year I'm just blessed enough to uh, move forward, you know, because I've hit New York Fashion Week a couple of times as well. So I know it's like walking in that type of runway, it's a crazy environment. And yeah, I'm just very blessed. I think it has a lot to do with the people that I'm around. They uh, they take me along with them. So yeah. And that's that's part of why it's so important for you to get out to LA is just to be more around those types of people. Yeah, the attitude for sure. So it's like when I was meeting people in LA because I lived there for two stints. My first year was really hard and rough because I didn't understand the city or the people, and. Uh, you know, you, t you take that to heart, and then the second time I lived there, when I moved back, I was like, the, the things that I hate about LA, I'm gonna love. So I'm gonna love the traffic, I'm gonna love the shitty people, I'm gonna love whatever the fakeness of it was, and so when I went back there, I was like, I'm not gonna let any of it bother me, and I had the best time of my life. Like, I just, I learned how to like, you know, just realize who was fake or not, because everyone there is like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an actor, I'm a model. It's like, every single person you talk to is gonna say the same thing. So I just started saying, I'm a garbage man. And it's like, so why do I recognize you? I was like, dude, I'm the guy that picks up your garbage every Tuesday. You know, I wave to you. And like, some of them would walk away and some of them would like, still talk to me and mess with me. Like, okay, that's cool. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's such an importance to who you're around. Um, and I, I noticed that early in my real estate career. Mm -hmm. uh, my first couple years as an agent, um, I put so much focus into like knowing the market. I knew every house in pretty much every neighborhood of Philly. Um, I think I was like, from a technical standpoint, I was a better agent then than I am now. Yeah. Um, but it's all about who you're around. Mm -hmm. Like I, I knew everything, but had no one to sell to. And now I'm around the right people who are gonna actually invest and purchase things. Um, I still, I know what I'm doing and I've learned a lot over the years, so it, it balances out. But who like the the sphere of influence you're in really makes a difference um, and then it really does feel like things are falling into your lap like it's it's almost effortless instead of having to try and go prospect it, it comes to you and these opportunities come to you because you're in the right place um, but you can't be in the right place at the right time if you're not in the right place to begin with absolutely agree yeah, dude. 100% gave me chills when you said that because I, I go by the same thing so totally understand. so it sounds like it it was kind of just rolling with the punches and then it clicked for you um, once you met with that agency uh, and you saw that like there were gonna be more opportunities and you started to land them. Yeah, but it's uh, I'm very blessed I got into the agency, but it also took a lot of, a lot of other stuff in the industry. Um, you know, you gotta know, you gotta know when to get out of certain, cause I've definitely quit agencies here and uh, you just gotta know when to get out sometimes with the agency. Um, you gotta know like what you want if that agency is gonna push for you. Uh, so yeah, it's just some. It may seem like all like rainbows and waterfalls, but you know there is a dark side to it. You have to. You gotta have some grit to you. You gotta be able to move further when you know you, there's nothing left. Yeah, and that's so important for anyone in in any like career advancement is. Yeah realizing that it's not just about hard work, it's about the system that you have set up around you. Yeah. And it's not like overnight you can go from being uh, at one agency to the top agency there is, um, but it's knowing when to pivot and make different uh, adjustments to get there. Very true, yeah, very true, man. I used to go, I used to fl like spend so much money flying to New York, trying to get signed all the time. And like, you know, it's a big thing about like selling yourself. And like, you know, what makes you, 
what makes you the next thing makes you so intriguing why would i want to work with you but yeah it's a, <laughs> you understand let me ask you about imposter syndrome uh what does that phrase mean to you uh being fake basically an actor all the time <laughs> <laughs> and that that, that might be what well so imposter syndrome is when you know you want to be something mm -hmm. um but you start to question whether that is you or not mm. or like you're in a room of all the top actors and you start to think do i belong here am i good enough for this um that kind of in in the real estate world that happens when you start to like actually get deals under contract you maybe you're renovating a house and something goes wrong you're like oh shit should i be doing this Impossible did i take too much risk am i the person who should be working on this thing um Never it's, heard of that. it's That's interesting man <laughs> yeah it's it's another glass ceiling scenario where you see other people doing it and then you question like are you the one who should be above the ceiling or, or are you in the wrong industry? And I, I feel like that has to apply in what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's weird. I've never heard of that. That's, that's very interesting. I guess it's a confidence thing. It's a com it's, it's a hundred percent a confidence thing. hundred percent confidence. And it's treading that line of confidence versus overconfidence because it's in real estate, it's very easy to get yourself in bad situations. If you kind of just push forward without the experience. That's true too. Yeah. You gotta live and you learn now. Science. <laughs> Trial yeah. and error. Yeah, I guess uh, it sounds like certainty and validation and confidence, personal confidence, is imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's it's a balancing act of the three, mm -hmm. uh, of making sure you have the skills that, that you need, but also staying confident enough to, to push yourself further and get ahead to where you're trying to get like um, without getting stuck. That's cool, man. I like that. So, for you, um, what would you just uh, define as your North Star, like guiding principles for, for moving forward with decisions? Any decision? Any decision, like how do you know you need a new agency or, or how do you know um, what type of shoot you wanna get into? Or even like for me, like seeing you, it seems like you've, you're, you're back in school now. It seems like you're, not to say you're all over the place, but you have a lot of opportunities in front of you. Um, what do you use to kind of decide what, what you're gonna pursue? There's a lot to it. Um, definitely first thing is gut instinct. If I feel it in my gut, no matter what. Uh, secondly, it's, I possibly think about like possible scenarios that could happen. Like I'll, I'll sit and meditate in silence for a long time and really like away from everybody and really like think about decisions I've been making. Let's get into your meditation schedule a bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just did today actually. Um, Basically, I walked up to the Manoa Falls. I just, I just walk in silence, you know. I go up there, sit by myself. Sometimes at night, I'll just sit with like the TV off and just sit outside and just really just think about like all the things I'm trying to accomplish, how I'm gonna get there. Um, so I think a big part of the meditation thing was why I started doing it was manifestation, uh, creating ladder goals. So it was like the it was a ladder plan is you know you write your goal at the top and you start at the bottom, listing every single way you could possibly get there. And the first time I ever did that, it actually worked for me and it blew my mind. So I guess like, yeah, it's just a way for me because I get a lot of, I get a lot of anxiety. So I got to like walk away and like sometimes step away and just like breathe for a little bit or, you know, sometimes I just stay quiet. <laughs> but yeah, meditation, it's a big part of my life. Um, How often do you meditate? Every day at least. Like sometimes for an hour, sometimes for five minutes or like if I'm going to go perform a scene in school like because I'm an acting school so if I'm going to perform on stage like I gotta I gotta do like a breathing technique to like calm myself down ground it 
but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how to explain it. You just kind of just get deep into your mind and you just kind of just forget like, everything and you just kind of come at peace. It's so important to get into that meditation with with the ladder goals that you've set up. Yeah. Um, because it's when you're when you're doing it in real life after you've envisioned it, it's almost like you've already been there. So yeah. you're ready for the scenario. Exactly. Um, and it's so helpful to have the the end goal and like if you just have the end goal in mind, you kind of get stuck and get anxious like and it's not happening. You get frustrated, but if you can pinpoint those little goals on the way. Exactly. Yeah. So it just kind of helps you uh, figure out how you're gonna get there because you will you will eventually get there no matter what. So right. It's your goal. It's your story. It's your life. It's just a matter of how long it, it's going to take and how it's going to happen. Well, you got yeah, and like you got to give, you got to sacrifice too. You got to lose something to gain something. But that's my mindset. Like I always see that when I gain something big, I always lost something. So I was like, damn. <laughs> Unfortunately, the the grass only grows where you water it. That's <laughs> that's the hard part, and I think that's something people get caught up in. Um, I definitely have that issue. Is I try to do too many things at once. Yeah. Um, and then everything's moving, but it's it's really just making sure the whatever's most important is moving the fastest yeah. um, in the direction you want. Absolutely. Man. Uh, and that's what I try to I try to do more of like a writing meditation and, and journal a lot, mm. um, just to see like if I feel like I have too much going on, I try to write down the priorities and like what can I really drop like, and if next week nothing's moved on this, is that going to be okay? Absolutely. That's what you mean, dude. That's cool. I do the writing thing too sometimes. It's normally like if I have a dream, I'll write down my dream, everything I remember. From <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of things have you had to sacrifice um, along the way? Where would you say you've, you've shifted in priority? Um, uh, I guess when I moved to LA, I sacrificed all my stuff here. Like I sold my car, I basically sold basically everything I had just to go there and hack it. Um, sometimes you sacrifice friendships. Let's talk about that. Like, how has how has your your circle changed and your sphere changed since since you've been pursuing things a little more intensely? Actually, I feel like uh, my uh, my inner circle has always been tight. Like the people I still talk to today, I've known for over like six, seven years of my life, or living here the entire time. I just like I just kind of figure out like who the acquaintances are. I'm not, I don't do that to anybody, but sometimes you just kind of tell. Right. Yeah, it just, it sucks, dude, it hurts, but you know, it's just the way it is sometimes. I mean, you have a limited amount of time. Like everyone- Everyone's got a limited if, amount of time. If, if <laughs> you had an unlimited amount of time, you could spend as much time with everyone as you wanted and catch up with them. Yeah, true. I don't know. It's a hard question to answer, <laughs> unfortunately. It's a dark one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something I've dealt with. Like I don't, like I've never had the same group of friends for very long. Like yeah. every couple of years it shifts dramatically. There's still those like lifetime friends that you catch up with all the time that you see each other every year. And you see um, them and nothing changes. And nothing changes. It's it's like, I mean, it is what it is, an old friendship. It's, it's just good cool. People, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, and you might just not be connected with what you're doing every day, um, but you still find it important to have them in your life. Absolutely, man. I know exactly what you mean. But what, what I find interesting is people who I thought were going to be like that, it shifts, it, it slowly shifts away over time. Um, and it's in, incredible, like the new people that fill in that space and that time that you spend with them. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just curious, like with, with the lofty pursuits that you're, you're going for and, and kind of how political it can get, 
um, in the businesses you're pursuing. I'm curious how that's affected you. Political? What do you mean? Like the same way you need to be in the right place at the right time, like and need to know the right people to get opportunities. Do you do you feel like you're forging, like forging those new connections with people who might be able to get you ahead? Um, you feel like you're losing anything on the back end? Yeah, I gain, absolutely do. So every day, uh, definitely gaining when you're, and just being nice to people, <laughs> overall. But I feel like with this industry and modeling, because Hawaii is so small, you can't want to. You don't want to piss the wrong person off, you know, because then you can get blackballed or blacklisted or, you know, someone could just start talking shit behind your back. It sucks because a lot of the, the, some of the models and like the friends, like that are photographers, they are friends. So the photographers get the budget and they choose the models who get the shoots. So a sense of, you know, if you're hypothetical thing, if like, if you're dating another model and you guys break up, and she's friends with all these other photographers and you're not on that back end, then you get blacklisted from those jobs. So it just depends. That's why it's like, I feel like out here it's so limited with everybody you're meeting because you're on an island, you know, it's such a, it's such like a, Hawaii is like a big high school. It's a big popularity contest and there's cliques around here and you can see them and sometimes you can't when you go to like Sky Club or like a big event, like where everyone's joined in the one. Um, but I'd say like, it's just, that's why this is the glass ceiling thing, like it's so limited here. When you can be in LA or New York, it's so transient, you have so many people flying in and out, like, you know, people are just trying to make money, get paid, like just trying to, you know, hit their story. And over here it kind of, just kind of get lost into that high school crowd. So I feel like, yeah, like if you're over in those places, I was definitely making a lot more connections to further my, um, my career, because I was doing like a lot of podcasts, a lot of influencers, um, like even just when I go out to the clubs, like I was getting like just any, like I'd get in for free, get the tables, whatever I wanted for free. And I was meeting other actors and other big time models at the, at these tables and stuff just because before I was. So I feel like, yeah, it's kind of the further and more I got to go over there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. How do you navigate the fact that it's so transient? Over like, here? Uh, over there. Uh, oh, I, I like it's it. transient here too, like relative to anywhere else. But if yeah. LA has to be more transient. So how do you how do you know when it's worth uh, establishing a connection or to kind of just follow the gut? Uh, no, just like when I'm talking to you, like I know, I can feel your energy. It's just basically energy. It's you, like you make eye contact with me. I trust you. Right. That's it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I like it being transient because the best thing I liked about LA is like when I meet somebody new, I was like I was probably only gonna know them for that two hours and that night and I'd never ever see them again. But if it was something like, if I'm talking to them, like if you're talking to someone about commercial real estate at the club or, you know, and that relates to your goals and you guys are in separate areas, like, wow, this is someone I can continue to connect with. Right, because you, you never know when it'll come back. Yeah, you never know when I'm gonna meet a, a writer or a producer. Like I was at Next Door this last first Friday and, you know, there was one of this guy that I've worked with before in the past and, you know, he was with some woman and she just so happens to be one of the newest directors filming something out here and I was like holy shit nice to meet you you know and she told me what she was feeling I was like oh my god you know and I made like a good friendship with her so the network is like it's great so hopefully yeah so I like I like the transientness because then you can hit the restart button sometimes or you know if you want to go home just go home <laughs> that's what I did when I came back here just kind of like just reset and that's, that's the nice thing about a transient location is you can make those connections and they do come, like people do come and go and come back. So it, it can come back. Whereas I've seen like all of my friends on the East Coast, um, they just have the same group of friends for forever. Um, they're doing the same job 
for forever. And it's, it's not like what you and I are doing where they're like chasing something they enjoy anyway. It's, they complain about the same things over and over, but they don't ever make any changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? It's like, so that's, those are sometimes the people that you gotta cut out. Not, not to you, but I mean, with and, me, it's like, yeah, I'm just like, man, enjoy. <laughs> so I guess, tell me a little bit about like the background on how, uh, how it works for you. So do you have any staff or does the, the agency kind of fills the back end for you? You said the photographer usually is the one that, that gets the shoots going. Break us, break me down the dynamics of how the business works. Um, so modeling wise, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of experience in that. Uh, it's basically, well at first when you're brand new, you know, that's why you have runway shows. Uh, runway shows are very underpaid for the model, so the models are like normally brand new models. Um, they go in there, just everyone's just trying to see, can I send this person to New York? Can do? Would I want to pay this person to do a campaign? Um, so then once you're seen enough and you make, you know, you shake hands, you go to enough auditions, you get turned down, you make it, whatever the hell it is. Once you're in the industry long enough, then people are like, I know that guy. So now it's like instead of me going to auditions, I just get contacted directly. Like, hey, like, or I, I have casting directors just text me directly, like, are you in Hawaii? Do you want to do an Olakai shoot? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want 2,000 bucks, whatever it is, you know? Right. <laughs> like, um, but it's just like, yeah, so it's like, at first, it's very hard because you got to go through the gauntlet. You got to go to, go to New York. You got to go to L.A. You got to go try to get signed by these other top-notch agencies. You got to see what you're like, who you're competing against. Because over here in Hawaii, you see everybody, it's like, you know, there's not really that much competition here. Um, but yeah, so once you're in it long enough, then you make your friends, you network, and then people start contacting you directly. And that's kind of like basically how it is, like about who you know. Yeah, also there's a lot of other factors into it, like height-wise, like I'm too tall. Um, you know, uh, they like skinny, clothes can't move on the runway. They don't like anything touching the clothes. Like, I don't know. There's, Little, little tricks and stuff I guess I learned <laughs> along the way um, but yeah that's basically how the process works when you're getting picked up for jobs um, yeah I mean it sounds like it's any other business where you just have to market yourself it's basically like that now like there's kind of like no point to have an agency anymore having an agency is an old thing because they take so much percentage of that but you know it's just if you have like a top-notch manager I'd say manager is the best route to go not an agent an agent has too many people right yeah just someone someone focused on you solely solely yeah and if you're like like if you go to all these big parties in LA and you know all these people then you can be a manager because that's basically what it is you're like oh I'm managing this dude you should hire him and you're just basically talking him up you're like a legal pimp right <laughs> <laughs> selling your boy <laughs> yeah um, yeah just auditions pictures always got to keep the look portfolio booked. I know I'm not really the best with doing it on Instagram lately. I just haven't really been too focused on the acting side. I'm trying to get in a different game. Um, yeah. So what, what would you say your main pursuit is right now? Uh, working actor full-time, 100%. I've had a lot of auditions lately over here. Um, there's a bunch of movies actually hitting right now. So I auditioned for Lilo and Stitch as the lead role. I didn't get it. I auditioned for like some Disney animation film last week. I uh, get Auditions from Magnum and MCIS probably like once a week for like guest star, co-star roles. I just haven't hit them yet. But every audition I get has been getting longer and longer and longer. So instead of I used to have, I used to have like one words, one liners. And then now I have like two full pages of text. 
or I'm just like, yeah. So acting school, I've learned a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. And when did you realize you wanted to get into acting? Uh, uh, all my life, bro. I've always wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Uh, I just like Jurassic Park, man. I just want to be in Jurassic Park. That's all it is. <laughs> That's how it started. That's literally all it is, man. I'm just upset they're done filming it. <laughs> Jurassic Park, man. Or The Fifth Element. I like that movie. That would be pretty cool, too. <laughs> it's funny how something so small as, a, as a Jurassic Park could get you inspired to, to get into acting. Right? Full time. Dude, I just loved it. I just thought it was always so cool. Like, all the things, you know? Just the imagination aspect of it. I just love that part. And that's, that's what's interesting to hear from you is that you're auditioning for, for Disney um, and animation type stuff. Yeah, which, voiceovers. Which, yeah. which is kind of very far from doing runway shows on, in New York. Yeah. Um, they're just two totally different animals. Two different, yeah. So I just know my shelf life as a model because I'm 30. I turn 31 next month, unfortunately, um, is going away. And so I got to hit a different niche. So I'm just looking. It's like a meditation thing. You look forward to the steps you're trying to do. Right. What would you say shelf life is for you? Uh, supposed to be. I think I just started looking like this, so probably 45. So you got some time. I'm just joking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Tom Brady, but yeah. 45 would be pretty sick, but honestly, yeah, I just started, I just started looking like this. Um, so I was thinking about doing a drastic change. I'm going to cut the hair off. Uh, not sure when. I'm going to do a video of it. I'm just trying to get my mindset ready. What is prompting the decision to cut the hair? I want to work, bro. Um, you know, it's the sacrifices that we talked about. It's like, you know, I give it your all to make the money. And if it takes for me to cut my hair off just so I get booked for more catalogs and other things, for me to get more uh, acting roles, it's like, you know, I could fit more characters. Instead of having this long hair, I can only fit one type of genre of character. Either right. you're the lead hero or you're the bad guy, you know? <laughs> There's no one really in the middle with long hair. So just more of like that, you know, I just want to, just want to work. I love it, bro. I love the hair, but <laughs> make those sacrifices. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just hair. It's just hard because it kind of identifies you. And you're, really you're used is. to it for so long. Yeah, 10 years, right? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so will that, it opens up a variety of different roles and genres you can get in, but will it take you out from the ability of being the hero or the villain? Um, no. So definitely cut the hair. Definitely cut the hair, yeah. Definitely do it. So, yeah. It's the next thing. That's the next meditation step is like just get the mindset ready. Don't freak out when it's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to take at least a few weeks to adjust to like who you, who you are, like the new Pat. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a good thing, you know? It'd be fun. It'd be cool. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's pivot to Too Hot to Handle. Um, All right. Let's do it. I was curious uh, because I was I was here. I had met you a couple times, and then all of a sudden I saw you on there. I don't typically watch shows like that or in general, but when he's uh, when Idolo said you were going to be on it, uh, I was I was intrigued. I wanted to see what you were like on TV. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your appearance on the show was authentic? Like that's that's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's who I am. I mean, um, just kind of. Shoot, I can't answer that question. Because I'm gonna say stuff that I'll read in my NDA. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's difficult being in that environment where it's yeah. uh, you have like you're behind so many cameras. Um, it's not some like 
it's not everyday life. You're around a bunch of hot girls. Um, yeah. You got a bunch of dudes uh, competing. Um, I'm sure you were just trying to have fun with it. Yeah, man. It was a it was a crazy experience. It was it was funny because I didn't. It was never a goal of mine to go on a show like that. It just kind of. I was just in LA and I randomly got a message on my Instagram and I had like 900 followers at the time or something and they asked me to be on some reality show and I said, you know, I'll be on it as long as it's not a dating show. And then uh, he's like, no, I promise it's not. I was like, okay, well, I'll do all, I'll fill out all this paperwork. Like if you guarantee me on the show, you know, and they said, yeah, you'll be on it. I promise. I said, all right, whatever. I was like, you know, I just got out of a breakup. I didn't really... I didn't really care. I was like, you know, adventure, that sounds cool. So, you know, I just, they sent me the paperwork and, you know, I, it just said, uh, I just put in my name, my number. It said, why should you be on the show? And I just said, call me. That was it. And then just kind of just hit off like that. And next thing I knew, I was in Turks and Caicos after like two weeks of interviews. <laughs> so it was like super random, man. What do you think it was that, that got you booked, that they wanted you for that show? Um, I think it was because during the interviews, because some of, so I used to be a real fuckboy back in the day, like probably like six years ago, but some of the questions they were asking me in the interviews, it was like the stories I was telling them, and they're all true stories, like I didn't make any of this shit up, they were like losing their minds, like losing their shit, like there's no way this is real, and I will say shit like, you know, there's no one else that looks like me, I'm like the Hawaiian avatar, or like I'll just say funny stuff to them and I play like guitar for them and then I explain like my breakup and how like distraught and destroyed I was inside and how I am current at that moment currently was and I think I just kind of pulled some heartstrings you know and I was like I was very real with them like I didn't try to fake anything lie yeah it's almost like you you weren't trying to be on the show you were just talking to them yeah it's basically what it was because i told them bro i said if it's a dating show like i'm not in that mindset please don't put me on it if it's like real world or jersey shore where we're going around clubbing and partying i'm like i'm all about it because that's what i need right now they said yeah don't worry we're just going to put you on a yacht we're going to sail you around to a different caribbean island you'll get off we'll film it well you'll have a great time you know come on fuck party do whatever you want i don't care and then i was like cool so let's go you know, and then I get there and I'm like, it's totally different, bro. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, crazy experience. Though. Do you plan on returning to reality TV or is there a different niche you really want to get into? Yeah, I, um, you know, I wouldn't mind doing reality TV one more time. I'd probably do like, I wouldn't mind doing like, uh, they have a show called Perfect Match that just came out. It's like a bunch of, uh, reality tv stars from netflix they just pick like it's basically all stars reality tv on netflix so i wouldn't mind doing perfect match uh just to change like change up a lot of stuff because i feel like the editing process for me and too hot to handle really pissed me off and uh i didn't agree with a lot of it so i was authentic on the show but there's a lot of other shit i can't talk about that did make me very mad and disappointed with netflix and Fremantle. um but yeah, I think if I went back on another show, they gave me a chance, I'd just totally play the bad boy. I'd be completely opposite, so different. Just be just complete for entertainment instead of actually caring about other people's feelings on the show and like not trying to step on other people's toes and things like that. So, I mean, I, it, I feel like that's what they're looking for in someone. Exactly, in and I think role. at the time when I went in, I was just kind of too weak for it and it just it came out different.
nothing that weird. It wasn't really. I mean, you don't get to pick and choose what they actually show. I don't, and I was in the contract, so I knew that. I was just like, please don't make me look bad. <laughs> that was it. That's funny. Yeah, I actually I saw that show coming out. Uh, I watched Love is Blind with my girlfriend. Um, and yeah. I saw a couple of, that they pulled people from that show. And it, it seems like they are picking the people who are like the most outrageous to go on to the new season. Like the entertaining, outrageous, whatever word you want to use. But Yeah, people that don't give a fuck about anybody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way it is. Yeah. So now you're back in school for acting. Yep, full time. Full time acting school. Uh, yeah, it's like the studio based in Los Angeles. Uh, it used to be called Beverly Hills Playhouse. Uh, a lot of a lot of main actors that you see on TV and in movies went to that school. So I'm, I'm very blessed to be a part of it because they invite you to come into it. Um, yeah, so ZA Studio. So, uh, so like today's Thursday. I got like a at four o'clock. I got like a four-hour acting class. And then Saturdays, and that, that's on Zoom. And then Saturdays, I do like in-person four hours and in theater classes. And they just critique you, tell you how to get your mindset right. Like there's a book I have to read before I get into the class. Basically gives you this checklist of how to break down who the character is. Um, yeah, so I've been, I've been learning a lot, dude. Um, I honestly wish I had this training probably like 10 years ago. You know yeah, mean? that's what's so interesting to me is you've been doing it for so long, but yeah. it's, it's now that you're really getting into the, the swing of learning it yeah, thought, instead of winging it. I thought you just go up there and just read the stuff, you know, and it's like they're going to pick you, but now it's like just I'm learning all the deeper sides of it. It's, it's insane, bro. It's like I, I probably I used to just like probably memorize a script, but now I probably put in like if I get a script, I put at least 10 to 20 hours in every script. Like really trying to figure out the character. Yeah, I mean, you have to, it's almost like changing who you are to be that person yeah. at that time. I did uh, last week, or yeah, two weeks ago, I just had like, a, a dead man walking. It's like this, I played this guy on death row, the Sean Penn part, and you know, during rehearsals for like two weeks, it really affected me in a negative way. So I kind of, I just skipped class last Saturday and I couldn't go. So I finally got my mindset right. It definitely changes you as a person. It's weird. Yeah, and I'm sure it's it's that important what roles <laughs> what kind of roles you take. Yeah, 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 true, true. That's what's always been crazy to me is like see people bounce around from like one role uh, to another where the character is just so different. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like you're reworking your entire personality to to make it match. And I don't I don't know how people go through the mental change, um, and and changes, uh, especially when the the like the physical side of it is different. Like if you have to look one way physically and then you, you change that for the role, that part is always crazy to me. Yeah, the behavior, very, the pathology to that reason is very interesting. So where is it that you want to be? Like where, where do you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now? Like what, what is at the end of that ladder? That ladder? Um, ultimately, so like in my life right now, my parents are very old and my grandma's not doing very well. So I have to like, I got a lot of stuff I'm working for. It's not just me, it's like, I gotta take care of my little brother, um, things like that. I wanna be able to have a family. I wanna have, you know, kids, have a wife I love, be able to have a house and a nice environment that I wanna be at. Like my kids grow up with a great education and not be held back from anything so this is just my story 
and uh, you know ultimately I'm gonna get there. It's just I don't know when, but I'm putting in the work right now, and the sacrifices. So, yeah, that's the ultimate goal. You know, have a family, be happy, live in a good environment, still have like close friends around. Like if it were you guys in the future, <laughs> have nice neighbors. Just just be able to pr provide for everyone that you care about. Yeah, and get to that position. Probably. And I, I feel like that's a true Tom Brady moment. Like you only have so much time before it. It's not like it ever is too late. Yeah. Um, but there's surely a preference on like when it's all situated. Yeah, there's only so much time, and I know it's ticking. So, like, I feel the fire. So I'm working as hard as I can right now. All right, let's pivot into real estate. All right, let's do it. Uh, have you ever thought about purchasing real estate? Uh, yeah, when I have the funds for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, have my license out here for three years um, so I've worked real estate out here just not very successful with it I know it takes a lot of money to get started um, what had you decide to, to pivot out of real estate well I was I guess it's just a competition here you know um, I, I worked for like a timeshare company I worked for Hilton Grand Vacations this summer for four months and I hated it because it, it was a hard sell and I was manipulating people and lying to them on purpose. And I just couldn't do it to people anymore. Um, the money was great though. Uh, other than that, I tried to do the residential thing. It's just hard, man. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of old people that have been here for a while. This is like, you know, they've been here for a long time. My grandma was a, a savage real estate agent back in the day here. She used to own a condo at the Twin Towers, you know, leasehold. But she used to. You know, she used to kill it in Waikiki over here. And actually one of my close friends, her name is Leslie Brown. She sells all the commercial real estate at um, the International Marketplace in Alamoana. Basically all that shit, like the new Target that's taking over Saks, she did that, every store in there. So that's a close neighbor friend of mine. She pulls in like, you know, fuck you money. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, I just, I've always wanted to get started in it. I guess it's just like that thing I don't have, my mindset. I don't know how to get to that point, so. I'm just doing what I'm good at. There's other stuff. I tried the real estate thing, man. And it all goes back to the gut, just like following what works for you and what yeah. what doesn't, yeah. um, where you feel better about it. And I, I think so many people uh, just, they put real estate on a pedestal of like being an agent and selling things um, or owning a bunch of property, but they forget that it doesn't happen overnight. That'd be like you in year one trying to be a manager for like some mainstream actors. Yeah. It, you have to build the network out. You really have to put the time in and make the connections before. Like, you're not just going to post on Facebook and all of a sudden, like, everyone thinks of you as the best real estate agent ever. Exactly, bro. So I know, like, because I work, I got, like, I tried working for Remax. I tried working for Caldwell Banker, the Global Pacific Properties over here in Kahala. It's just EXP as well. It's just, dude, it's fucking hard, man. So props to you, dude. Like, I, it's, real estate takes up all your time, man. It really you live it, and breathe it and talk it. Everyone thinks it's just showing houses, but it's it's no, the opposite. It's so I actually I don't even go to half of the houses I sell. You got someone that just goes there and does it for you? Yeah, or like I've I can tell looking at it if it's good and, and people trust me enough to buy it without looking at it themselves, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it just blows my mind because like I was saying that first year, like I was in and out of every house, I could tell you exactly which one was the best to buy, but no one was buying mm -hmm. um, but now my network is so big that I'm able to to be in front of the right people um, who will reach out to me first um, instead of having to prospect uh, it, it's just the game has changed by putting in the network I envy that so you totally understand what I'm talking about with the 
the model entertainment side of it versus your side of it. Yeah, it's exactly. All, it's all related. Yeah. It's it's all about the connections, and it's it's all about who you are and like what you've developed into. And being nice to people. Yeah, <laughs> basically just be nice. That's hard. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that's cool. I envy that. That's awesome, man. I wish I could get to that point, but. I mean, you're at that point, just in a different field. Yeah, different, different sphere. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like you could fall back later into real estate. I don't know if I'm ever going to fall into acting. <laughs> you could. You never know. <laughs> you never know, man. You look like Trevor Lawrence, so if he starts acting, you got like take his stand-in roles or whatever. <laughs> uh, I can yep. throw. I can throw a decent spiral. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, we'll get into the, the end segment here. We call it the Live Free 3. Um, we'll go lower down on the ladder. What, what are you trying to accomplish this year in 2023? What are the major steps you're, you're trying to take, and how are they going to happen? What am I trying to accomplish this year? a hard question man I want a lot I guess this year man I really don't know I don't I think it's just uh just go back to I want to become a working actor that's it that's basically it by summer like literally by June and then be able to have a job in Los Angeles where I can live there and not worry about my funds and I can continue to grow my network because I'm working in Los Angeles, not just partying and hanging out. I want to reason I want to have a reason to go there and live there. I guess that's my goal. Yeah, kind of get your get the chip off your shoulder in LA. Yeah, um, and just be comfortable there. Be as... comfortable, yeah. Have a like actually be there for a reason. You know. That's my goal. Feel like it's home to you as opposed to, to visiting. Oh, I, I love Hollywood, bro. It feels like home to me. <laughs> when I'm on the 101 and I, I see it, bro, I'm like, oh, this feels so good. See that Home Depot? <laughs> yeah, it's the goal. So we talked about the future and kind of what the dream life looks like and, and what you're working towards. Yeah. Um, and a big thing with like living free is being able to do whatever, whatever it is that you want and like enjoy what you're doing. Uh, but that obviously comes back to having the funds available to live that lifestyle. Um, and a lot of people get it twisted. They think that when I, I coined the movement Live Free that it, it means not working and sipping uh, mojitos on the beach all the time. But it's, it's more about just being able to wake up and choose, choose what it is that you're doing. Um, and that could be pursuing what you want to be pursuing. But like for you, you mentioned wanting to have a family, like being able to take time away from working and do those things, yeah, um, or being able to live comfortably in LA. So I'm curious, what what number is it that you need to be be comfortable? What number? Yeah, how much how much money would you have to be making a month to to be like, okay, um, I'm doing all right. Uh, definitely within the five figure range, because I think rent over there for like a place I would want, because I would want to be able to shoot in it, have a studio, like you know be able to work in it probably like six thousand dollars a month it's about how much you need to comfortably live there not including the other stuff yeah that's like bare bones yeah that's nothing man so probably you need to make at least yeah 12 to fifteen thousand a month to be comfortable living in, in that type of environment and what does that look like for you in terms of what you have to get like booked and scheduled with you to make that happen booked and scheduled with me 
Yeah. Like how many, like what, what type of acting gig do you have to have? How many modeling shoots do you have to do? Like mm. what does the week look like if you're making that? Well, I guess it depends on the client. If I got booked by my agency in Los Angeles, IMG, for a job, I think their job is minimal, minimalized at like 50,000. But I've had a few offers from like uh, like Dick's Sporting Goods. I just tried to work out a number with them. It didn't work out. Um, so it's funny you say that because it kind of seems like if I were to say like, I want this, I need this, I need this job, I need this job. It's basically me just whining, wanting to get something without doing the work. But when you ask me that, it's like, I got a lot of self-reflection I got to figure out. Like, is there a reason why I'm not booking these jobs? Am I doing something wrong? Is it who I'm hanging out with? Is it my schedule? Like, is it my workout plan? Whatever it is. Right, because you know it exists. You, it exists. you know, like, the, what you're asking for from, say, Dick's Sporting Goods, you know that contract exists, but there's got to be a reason it's not materializing. Exactly. And it, whether it's with it's their fault um, and they just can't give that to you, or if it's you needing to take uh, kind of that negotiation to someone else. Mm -hmm. That's... Or or even me working harder on myself. And, you know, I think I think the biggest enemy I have, why I continue to work as hard as I do is because I'm my biggest enemy. So anytime I do bad or get down, I'm ultimately getting, I'm really mad at myself. You know, you don't want to fail. But yeah, dude, so ultimately, ideally, it just depends on the client. If I was working for like a TV show as a reoccurring role, I probably just need like, one season a year, two seasons a year. Don't need to go party, any of that stuff. Just gotta be there to continue to uh, grind. Yeah, just be in the right environment. That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm gonna pivot from the questions for a sec because I, I have another one for okay. you. Um, <laughs> so you've mentioned partying a couple of times and with, with just from what it looks like from the outside world, how important the networking is, um, how I guess like showing up to different events and partying, like how much of a difference does that make on the network? It's very important. You have to do that. You have to go to parties. You have to go to these events. You have to go to the bottle service. You got, that's where the people are. But to partake in it, that's totally different story. I mean, there's times where I've ruined it. Like, I think I met Brent Ande with Hawaii Five-O seven years ago because I wanted, they used to hit me up. You know, I was a new model at the time, whatever it was. Never mix business and pleasure, bro. Because I went to a New Year's Eve party with him. You know, I was fucked up. I asked him, I was like, hey, man, how come I haven't been getting booked? You know, being a naive new person in the industry, something you should never fucking ask, ever. And then, you know, I got blacklisted from him for like three to four years. No offers from Hawaii Five-0 at all until recently when I came back. So you need to go to these events. It's very important because if you don't, like I think the biggest event we used to have here in Honolulu that was the best networking thing we had, which they cut out because there was too many young chicks going and getting drunk, was um, uh, Art After Dark. Every first, or was it every last Friday of the month, everybody met at the Honolulu Art Museum from six to nine. And that was it. And then you went out, out after that. Everybody who was somebody in Hawaii would show up to that event no matter what. And I think that was the biggest way for my career to start to flourish. Going to, the, going to these events, with people who are related to what your goals are because they all want to achieve the same thing. So, but don't do the drugs. I mean, <laughs> shoot, have a drink. I know, I know Utilorian doesn't even drink when I go to events. Or, you know, uh, I guess another, someone else is, um, have you ever heard of Chase Damore? 
I haven't. He's on Too Hot to Handle season two. He's got like, you know, he's on the new show Perfect Match. But he's seen as a villain on that show. But when I go out with him in LA, like he's actually a nice guy. The guy doesn't even drink, smoke, anything. And that's why his social media has continued to turn. Like he's always, like the guy makes so much fucking money on social media. But I realize that it's like now it's like something I think about. Like maybe I should quit drinking. Maybe that's like what's hindering me, you know? So little things like that. I wouldn't call it a little thing. So I mean, you need to go to these events. Drastic lifestyle difference. And that's, that's the hard part is like compartmentalizing from uh, the purpose of the event. Like it's to meet the people. It's not to go out and drink and party. Well, there's three, there's three pillars to making it. There's, there's, there's what we go by in acting school. There's acting, attitude, and administration. Going to these networking events is your administration. Your attitude is having a good attitude. Hey, you know, I treat you the way I want to be treated. I like you. Acting, you're doing the work right now. All this right here. You're hitting those pillars, so you're going to eventually, you're going to move up. Yeah, I mean, it's the only option is up if you, you keep showing up, yeah. building the reputation. Absolutely. But you can only go down if you, you partake in too much fun. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the last question I have for you is what kind of people you're looking to connect with? Um, basically, just good people. Just, you know, people that... I want to have around in my life for the rest of my life, just good friends. The rest of the other stuff I'll figure out, but I don't want to mix, I don't want to mix business and pleasure ever. You know, like I want to have my family unit. That's like my really close friends. Like you guys are in my family unit. Um, that's just the way it is, you know, keep it separate. But ultimately, yeah, same thing we've been talking about all day, just meet the same people in the same with the same goals and the same environment. Just like-minded people. Well, that's the only way to continue to grow, man. Unless you're like some genius in a <laughs> barn somewhere in like Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to go back to the farm life. No, hell no, bro. I like it out here. I like the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's an acting gig is the, the, lead, yeah. the lead farmer. Yeah, if they send me to Montana for Yellowstone, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> how, can, how can people find you and connect with you? Um... Find me through Instagram, Pat Mullen. That's the name. All my other accounts are at the Pat Mullen. Um, if you need like a birthday song request or words of wisdom or any type of motivation, I have my cameo. Uh, you could request me through that. But overall, yeah, just, you could send me a DM through Instagram, I answer it. And uh, yeah, just chase your goals and keep it real. Just be happy, man. So. What's, what's your favorite cameo you've ever, ever done? Uh, probably my last one, my 50th one. Um, it was this kid, it's his birthday. Yeah. Actually, no, I scratched that. Three months ago, there was a kid who, uh, his friends requested me because this kid just got broken up with because his girlfriend moved away for college and he was so down in the dumps. And, you know, I sung him like a, a funny song to try to help him laugh but I think what I was telling him I was like I was talking to myself at a younger age and I said bro like this is a blessing in disguise like all this time you're putting towards that relationship that didn't work out for you you have all this other time to gain for yourself and you know just just be happy bro you know it hurts right now but there's a reason why and it'll work out so something good always comes out of something bad
it's yeah. awesome to hear you, you were able to do like a really meaningful cameo all the time unique man. situation all the time I have, a, I have a lot of messages like that so I've only I've requested one once before and that was uh, <laughs> not from you uh, <laughs> no, I know it's not from uh, you. <laughs> but from me. my uh, my brother has always been really big into the big booty mixes uh, by uh, two friends that's funny um, and he he does all of the interior design for our real estate projects um, okay. so when it comes to crunch time and there's only like a couple days left and he's only halfway done he'll just pull all-nighters blasting big booty mixes uh, assembling furniture putting it putting it where it goes, getting all the final touches before the photographer comes through. Nice. So uh, I got them, the, I got two friends to do a cameo while he was out in Pittsburgh furnishing uh, 10 of our units yeah. um, to tell him that uh, they like me better than him. Uh, <laughs> so he gets, yeah. he gets this DM from them yeah. um, and he's like all hyped up. He texts me right away. He's like, dude, I just got a DM from two friends. He's like, I'm about to open it. I'll let you know what they say. That's so funny. Dude. I'm like, all right, yeah, let me know what they say. And they just made a quick video. They're like, yeah, we checked, like, of the Dempsey brothers, like, we even, we went back and ran the numbers several times, did the audit, and every way we run it, dude, JD is just way better than That's you. That's so funny. Be more <laughs> like him. <laughs> I thought we made his day, dude. Oh, yeah. That's so, That's so funny, dude. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can run with cameos. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've done something like that, too. <laughs> That's, I like that. That's hilarious. And that, that could be a cool thing you do is if you have like a website where you list out like different types of cameos you have. I don't know if you have this together already, but. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I got it all. So. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's very <laughs> funny. But I'll leave you with that, man. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being someone who lives free, chases your, your passions and dreams. Um, really cool to hear how you, you go about it. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for the invite, bro. My pleasure.